Spiritually Rogue Podcast, weekly with Braxton and April Rome. When the world goes crazy, it's time to go rogue. Sundays, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We're going where we've never gone before, and we're taking you with us. Oh my God! Let's go rogue. Three, two, incoming. One, zero. We're on a mission from God. Put your ear to the speaker. Crank it up. It'll knock your socks off. And now, this. Hello, everyone. How are y'all tonight? Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Look, guys, it's my twang. That's my Heidi. Man, her and I go way back. Way, way? Way back, nine five four. Way back. Happy Easter, my beautiful girl. Uh, so this is a really <clears throat> special day to do a podcast. Yeah, it is. Can it, you? It's it's really a little bit different than any other Easter that I've really had in my life. Actually, it doesn't really seem like Easter almost, but it is. Yeah. It is. It just, it does, this whole year feels a little off, <laughs> a little different. It's beautiful, but it does feel like we're starting not just a new chapter. I feel like we're starting a completely new <clears throat> volume. A new, the trilogy's over. We're starting the new trilogy, the prequel for the new. Tr- you know, when you start to become really aware of past, present, future, it doesn't matter where the prequel lies. Not really, no. No, it's kind of like you're right there at that present moment, and that's it. So what do you do to get there? To to where? To that present moment where you have that. <sighs> I don't, you know, I think that's what all of us are figuring out. I think we're all trying to figure out how to figure it out in the present moment. Uh, I think, you know what, I think that's... Uh, the purpose is is to figure out what makes you thrive and just do that. Just do that. Focus on your joy as if it was like your last breath. Your last day. Your last day. Live it. You know, I mean, if you think about it, we've done this so many lifetimes over and over and over and over. We've resurrected and resurrected and we keep coming back. And I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to die trying to live. No, me neither. But, I, you know, it's funny because when you say to some of your people that, you know, like your friends and things, like handle up on stuff now so we don't have to deal with it after. Yeah. You know, live. You know, be yeah. present in life. Um, resurrection, that's a, that's a big one today, too. Yes, I mean, there's is. so many different thoughts on um, and beliefs on, on uh, this day, but we all know he is risen. So, and it used to mess me up when it said he is risen instead of he has risen because (laughs) he's risen. He is risen. And then people go, no, they're getting Christian. If you know anything, there's our dog outside, our dog, not dog, dog. If you know anything about us, uh, even personally born and raised Catholic, Polish, Italian, Irish, Southern, German in there somewhere. Um, but you were you were raised. Well, I was raised around Baptist, and but only I didn't go to church all the time. 
Guys, you all know it also at this point, we have lots of cats. So one of them is digging to China, just saying. Sorry. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> where was good. I? <laughs> um, the, way, the way you were raised. The and, way and, I was raised is, is yes. around Baptist, but there, I didn't go to church a lot. My mom was more uh, spiritual in her beliefs that, that we didn't have to show our faces and make an appearance in a building to have God with us. God was with us everywhere we went right here. Mm -hmm. And that's how I was raised. So I wasn't raised practicing Baptist. Um, I got the crap scared out of me at my granny's um, Pentecostal church. Cause that scared me because they were speaking in tongues and I had no clue what that was. Oh my, I couldn't even So that imagine. freaked me out. I was like 11. Yeah. Um, Interesting year for you to experience that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, right. But, uh, I mean, I wasn't in a church all the time, you know, but I just believed, I believed in, um, something I couldn't see. And, um, you know, Easter to me, we never forgot about what it really meant, even though we did the Easter egg hunts and, you know, my mom would dress me up and stuff like that. Uh, how cute. And, you know, we would do the Easter thing at the grandparents' house and all that stuff. We we still never forgot about what it was about. My mom never let me forget what it was about, even though we didn't attend church and things like that. So um, that's kind of where I kind of learned that kind of our, our process, besides talking about the resurrection, is the end of life process. Well, yeah, and, and that's what I wanted to, to tell, uh, remind people that, you know, so much of how we're raised and, and, and then our adult experience goes into our complete and total beliefs about not only the death process, but the life process. I yeah. mean, you know, I mean, we are going where we've never been before. We're repeating the same things. We're learning not to repeat the same things. And so my point being is I'm grateful for the foundation in which I was raised but I think my mom would have been more like your mom had she not have had to have experienced Catholic guilt. <laughs> you know, I, I feel bad because my mom is just one of the strongest, re most rebellious, most amazing women I know. But, you know, when you're raised to respect and, and you know, there's society and, 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 you lose a little bit of yourself. And I'm not saying that respect is bad psh, by far, but yeah. Would you like me to move that? Oh, the water? No, no. The candle. <laughs> no, no. No, baby. Okay. No, 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 no. I thought you meant the water because we've got all the cats out, you know, who let the cats out? Yeah. Anyway. Um, but I, I do, I think that, uh, well, I was raised, you know, when you're raised Baptist, some, 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 uh, what do you call them? Segments of the Baptist church. They don't believe in you not wearing a dress or you dancing or you doing these certain things and you could, you know, be looked down upon because of that. Yeah. So I mean, like I said, I was raised hearing that kind of stuff, but it wasn't practiced in my, in my family. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you always thought, okay, people that commit suicide, they go to hell right away. There's mm -hmm. no ifs, ands, or buts. They don't pass go. They don't, they just go. Right. And that's come to find out in my adult life. That's not true. Correct. Um, also, if you do these things that people are telling you not to do, it doesn't mean God is not going to love you. Blasphemy. Yes. So mm -hmm. I learned a lot in my adult life that, 
that I think they scared the ever living mess out of me when I was little. I think a lot of times with religion. So it kind of turns you off the religious kind of thing. And it, and it makes me, it made me want to go into the more spiritual, like, yes, I yes. don't, I don't have to have a certain religion. I just know that whoever you look up to God, Allah, all, whatever it, Holla. it could be a goddess. I mean, people say it's a goddess and that's fine. Whoever, whoever it is, um, whatever, or whatever it is, whatever, literally whatever spirit it your is, boat. right. Um, believe in that, you know, but you don't have to believe in everything that they, the certain religions believe in to, to be spiritual. You you can be spiritual with God without having all, yeah. all that, you know? And I'm, and I'm not against, this isn't a segment. No, 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 no. It's, you know, what was Tammy and what was her name? Her husband's Baker. Tammy Faye and uh, oh, I don't know Baker. That's what we're going to turn into. No, we're definitely no. not. Oh, my God. Definitely not. Um, if anything, I preach rogue, and you guys have seen that live. Look, another, I call us recovering Catholics, raised in here. Um, <laughs> you know that I almost, that I was <laughs> considering going in and going to uh, Catholicism classes so that I could change over to Catholic, and I got told by Catholics, you might not want to do that. Just stay where you're at. Right? That's so and I was oh. like, damn, am I that bad that I, that I can't be? Could you imagine because all the disciples and apostles and all these years of going out and speaking the word? And now they're telling you, you know, you may not want to join us. Yeah, you may not want to do that. Maybe they were And I'm afraid. like, wait a minute, though, because <laughs> I thought that um, it was a lot more uh, closer to God. And you tell all your sins and then you do a couple Hail Marys and then you're good to go. That means and and so I didn't know, and I'm like, come on, man, that's got to be a lot better. But then <laughs> I did visit a Catholic church, and I was like, I had really bad knees from basketball. So it was like we had to kneel and get up, kneel and get up, yeah. kneel and get up, sit down, kneel and get up. I said, look, I can't do this anymore. My knee was popping, making all kinds of racket in church. I didn't know how to do the, um, what do you call it, the? The, the holy water oh, when you walk in. Oh, the cross. I messed the that cross. up. I messed that up. Yeah. Baptists don't do that when they go to church. No. They go sit right, down right. and like Papa McCrumman said, it's nap time. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, we didn't have to get up and down, up and down, up and down. I mean, um, yeah. and I didn't go enough to really know that, but I knew that I was like, oh my gosh, John, how many times did they get up and down? And he's like, a lot, bro. So <laughs> yeah. I, it was like two hours long of church. And um, well, you know, to I used me, to either I'm used to being at lunch by that time. <laughs> to me, a, a religion <laughs> is um, sacred and it, it should be um, pure and, and of love and, and of shared beliefs and being raised. You know, I, I'm not against the Catholic church. I'm against I'm, a, I'm not against religion. I'm against humans stepping in and using fear to control people out of their own spirituality. That's what I'm against. So in this segment this evening, I want to let people understand that we're talking specifically about life, even though it's, it's called the end life process. You know, we are all going to have an end life process in every lifetime. And if it was such a problem, we wouldn't keep coming back. So you were raised to believe that when you die, what happens? 
you get put in a coffin, you get put in the dirt, and you're done. Wow. So there's no except that's or... not how my mom thought, and that's not what I was completely raised around. But my grandparents did kind of think that, like when you die, you go in a box, they bury you, they have a little funeral, and then that's where you stay. And if people visit you or not is is irrelevant. Did you guys ever talk about afterlife? Um, I think my Nana scared me so bad with the revelations of the Bible. And um, she just kept pushing that the end of the world was coming. It scared me to death. I didn't even want to read it because I'm like, I don't even want to know if it's that bad. If my Nana's that scared. Um, my mom, on the other hand, she was way about the afterlife. Like, I know that she believed that it doesn't end here mm -hmm. when you die it's only the beginning of another journey right right that's it for your soul and to me that made the whole spiritual thing a lot less scary mm -hmm. than religion and or organized religion okay because of what i had witnessed personally again i'm not against religion trust me um but i it my mom got hurt a long time ago, um, she was uh, helping teach kids in Sunday school at a church she had been going to most of her life. And the minute she got pregnant, they kicked her out of the church, told her that she couldn't come here anymore because she got pregnant out of wedlock. And that really crushed my mom. And so she was like, not real big on organized religion after that, you know? So she was like, that's when she got closer to God on her own terms. Mm -hmm. And that's how she taught me. And that's how she got through a lot of her lupus fight, you know, was her faith in God, something she couldn't see, something she couldn't really touch. And yeah. it got her through so much. She was told she was going to pass away at 26. She wouldn't make it past 26. And she goes, watch this. So she made it to 52 and, and it was her spirituality that got her there. Yeah. Um, if she would have listened to people, other people um, talking about other things, she would have thought she was going to just die period. There was no hope. Um, but my mom kept fighting and the spirituality that she had. And I watched how that worked. I knew that I didn't have to go make an appearance or make everybody think that my family was in good shape. Every Sunday, just because we made that church visit. Yeah. Yeah. But everything at home was crazy and chaotic all week long. Um, I didn't feel the need to do that because my mom taught me that God's right here. My God is right here all the time. Anywhere I go and I can call upon my faith anywhere. So. See, that's old soul to me. My mom was very old soul. Old souls. <laughs> That go rogue, meaning, and a lot of people are like, what do you mean rogue? Like, do you want us all to go to jail or something? <sighs> no, no, no. Rogue being that following our truth is going to be exactly what all ascended masters did. Jesus, Kuan Yin, Buddha. I have to. Sorry. Remember, we have, <laughs> we have 11 gatos and they're one on the fridge just got in trouble. Two by the ham. Um, so 
it's important that so many of us are aware at this time that especially we are in the energy of a full moon. And I love it because it is the birthday month and it's a pink moon. So all my pink glitter girls out there, you know, ah, it's just exciting. Um, but it, it's a full moon. You know, there's all this beautiful proof from the universe conspiring for you, with you. And when we start to learn, remember, most of us are learning this because we were never taught. We weren't taught how to say thank you for your input, but I'm going to choose what's right for me. In fact, even now, so many of us uh, go forward into our truth and we have to deal with pushback and retaliation. So going rogue is following your truth and staying in your light. To me, going rogue is following your truth and staying in your light. So your mom, I would love old souls like your mom to lead our churches, to lead our governments. <laughs> you know, we need a makeover everywhere. <laughs> yeah, Every, not one minority or one majority or no. one zip code or no. We need and you know, we Overhaul. need a massive cosmic move that buzz. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've got Christina over here sharing some stuff with us. She says, "Yep, I do not like when they say we should do right or fear God." Amen. I they know. used fear all the time. That's why I was not um that's why I was not real big on going because if they said, if you don't tithe 10%, your soul's not good enough to go into heaven. I'm like, wait a minute. What, yeah. um, what did the poor people do? I mean, did, was they, were they not able to get in because they couldn't afford it? I mean, that just kind of threw me for a loop. Yeah. And I was like, what does that have anything to do with my God? I mean, really? Um, right, right. And it really just frustrated me. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but that is not where my spirituality lies. You know, um, <laughs> your guys are going to be in trouble. Yes. Come here. Very much so. Um, but, you know, it, it <clears throat> my spirituality, uh, I, I had to really uh, take a check on that. And we'll talk about that a little, you know, in another show. But yeah, that's a whole nother uh, spiritually rogue podcast. But um, I, I think that getting prepared and being a good person is, is it goes hand in hand. I mean, if you're just a good person, just be a good human being. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, white, black, green. Well, that's the I don't problem. care. Just be a nice person. Just be somebody well, that's that, different. Yeah. Be a good human is, is a very you don't big have a problem lot to right get now. checked <laughs> for later on and down the road. You know, you don't have when you're coming up again, you know, to, to, Meet your maker, you don't have a whole lot to answer for if you just keep your side of the road clean. And whether your maker is a bigger energy or and or you, some people say, but I am my maker, you know, there I think on the other side, when we transition, we don't we don't get punished. We don't get put in a room where we've got to look at all the bad things we've done. Yeah, it's you not know, like a review of you no. screwed this up. Look what you did to this person. Did you lie about that? Did you steal that two piece, two cent piece of gum? Yeah. yeah. And my mom made me take it back and I had to face the facts right then and there. That's the way it should be. Yeah. 
And then you take care of your stuff on this end of it. And you don't have to come back and go, Hey, while you're doing like a class or whatever, go, Hello. Hey, um, you know, can, while you're doing this, can you tell my loved one over there, this, that, or the other, but it was kind of cool by the way to watch that. But <laughs> you know, then you don't have to do that. You don't have to um, come back and try to fix things after the fact. Well, no, but, but that, that, that brings us to the whole um, point of this is, you know, that's great. They're getting in the aluminum pan that I bought that I didn't cook in. <laughs> what are you going to do? As long as they're not biting it and they're in it like a ship. That's cute. Okay. Um, so life, living life. I do want to say about your experiences, how you live, and then how you are facing death, how you handle your in-life process is based on and depends on your upbringing mm -hmm. and your experiences thus far as an adult. And I would like to say that even though I watched a lot of hypocrisy in the Catholic Church, um, I've seen that in corporate America. You know, I, I, maybe it's just it's a everywhere. human thing. It's a human thing. Yeah. But I have noticed that. As, as a church, as a total, as a religion, um, hypocrisy runs rampant. It's a continuous thing. And, and, and I feel that after all that, that I've gone through and how I was raised, that it was more important for me to learn about how to be a decent human being than it was how to be a Jesus human being. And that is where I say that any church that I've experienced has failed me. And that includes, that includes some uh, other non-denominational organized, you know, organizations. I, I just, I feel like we're missing the bigger picture. And I feel that the death process, the in-life process is at some point as we're learning how to live in our truth, you know, I feel like at some point, maybe we're supposed to also die in our truth, you know, because we never die. And that's another thing is the afterlife, right? Your beliefs on the afterlife. What are some of your beliefs that happen once we transition? Well, I've had many past lives and so have you. So I believe in totally coming back and, um, Talk about having some pretty cool experiences in my past lives. Wow, you know, and then there's some not so cool. Um, but the th thing about afterlife is that before, I think before my mom passed away, I was not deathly afraid, but I was a little bit afraid to die. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not. Not even a little bit. And and I think because I'm I'm content with where I am in my belief about I'm going to go to a pretty cool place and I'm going to get to see everybody that I miss. However, just like I was telling you earlier, I don't want to go anywhere, but I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid. Uh, and I, I guess that changes your outlook on things, but I, I definitely look at the sun, the sunrises a lot more and I soak it all in. I, you know, like, I just take it all in now. And I used to not even worry about it. When you're younger, you just don't have time for that kind of shit. You know, nobody's got time for that. 
but when you're older and you're you're getting to see around you people dying and their death process and the things that they didn't take care of prior to passing away and then right. going damn i don't really want to have like regrets when i pass away i kind of want to just have a little peaceful transition and be on my little merry way mm -hmm. you know what i mean i don't want to have any hang-ups or, or or uh you know and that and I just don't want that. I, I'm trying to get every all my ducks in a row now. I know I'm going to miss some things, and I'm going to probably have to, you know, deal with that later on. But uh, for right now, I'm I'm like I, I don't know what end of life process you would have to do except for getting all your ducks in a row, like business wise, so your family so, don't have to jack with it. Well, that kind of stuff. Okay. But you're talking about more spiritual stuff. So why well, don't you tell me what your thoughts are? No, no. Like I wanted to know what you, well, I know, I know. I want people to think about, I know what your end of life process thoughts, meaning afterlife is because we are in it all the time. I, I, I deal with <laughs> I, it. I live with this. Right. So, um, but I wanted people to really think about as, as today's a day of resurrection and then they go, no, again, we don't want to do the Christian stuff. Stop for a moment. Whether you are Christian or not, Jesus wasn't, but it doesn't mean that the story itself isn't rich with history and messages and lessons. Everybody's story is rich with history, messages and lessons. So resurrecting, I think when we go through our in-life process, we are resurrected. When the priest told me in class, Father Dan, I was reading the horoscope in the Sun Sentinel and he said, April. You're going to go to hell if you read that junk. Let me tell you, Father Dan. Well, I could tell you now because he's on the other side. But this is hell. This is hell. When you are in a point of having to look at life in a way you were never taught. Because the only thing guiding you is your intuition in that moment. That's hellish especially when you have distractions all around you. And when you're an old soul and you're aware of lots of different levels of energy, it, it is very hard. It's very hellish until you realize or until I realized that faith is easy. Faith is easy. It may not be pleasurable all the time, but neither is eating an apple every day. You know what I mean? But I didn't learn that. I didn't learn that from any of my family members. Oh, so I'm going to show Braxton something. These are comments. There are none. A man in the dashboard. Okay. All right. And then we've got Deborah Lynn. Energy can neither be created nor destroyed. Yes. Just transformed. So... Um, what I was going to do is I had this up here because I would like to remind you. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe and jingle that bell. You know I like my bells jingles. Okay, so I have his readers. Yeah, so I'm sorry I can't see. I was trying to find the comments. So and if you see me like... What? We have, uh, <laughs> we have readers all over, but you know when you need them. Um, 
the cat water bottles right there. Okay, we've got a few approaching on the table like <laughs> sharks. Keep an eye to the right. There we go. One's coming in close. Um, all right. So energy, yeah, and, and that's what's so beautiful is I want to thank my upbringing and I want to thank the religion that I was gifted to be placed in as I was being raised. Because if it was not such a contrast, and again, I don't mean all the beliefs. I just mean the way that things were handled. If that was not in such a contrast to my truth, I wouldn't feel uh, the need to have ever gone rogue to explore it. I would never have found out that I, that who I am is actually natural and normal and talking to the other side is um, part of the deal. It's not of the devil or um, weird. I was always weird. You're the weird girl. You're cute. You're sweet. She's weird. So I've just decided to make a living out of it. But um, life will change you. It will transform you. What's going on? Which cat? Apollo just took off with some of your stuff. Oh, what what stuff? Jewels. Jewels. Yeah. Oh. Oh God. <laughs> okay. It's like having toddlers. I'm going to go check him. All right. I'll be right back. So <clears throat> getting into the afterlife and stuff like that is a whole nother show as well. But we do have some personal experiences that we're going to share with you when she gets back from correcting the, uh, the bad little kitty we have. <laughs> they got it from underneath there. Hey, God has, Melinda sent me this a few months ago. So Paolo decided to take it. All right. Anyhow, so Melinda, evidently Apollo loves your choice. So <laughs> this is what little Apollo took. <laughs> he had it in his mouth going going to town. With so, it. so the in life process. So to me, uh, the in life process. So um, going through all my exploring and seeking, I ended up going through a 12 step program uh, for yes. food, right? Yep. And that led me right to if if you guys hear a spring it's a water bottle for the my little beasts um but uh over the last 13 years i have been blessed to have experiences that are so powerful and potent more so than i ever felt in church um through mediumship and mediumship, as most of you know, mediumship is when the other side is able to talk to you. I love when they're like, "We, because you could talk to the other side. Um, yeah, well, they could talk to you. And so I have a lot of people that the other side comes to um, and they want nothing to do with it. But you're a medium. So through mediumship, uh, I've had a lot of loved ones over the years come through. And there's been a lot of patterns there's been a lot of patterns in, in the way that there are certain lessons. There are certain, is there a light? Yes, I've noticed a light. Um, for some stories, for some individuals, uh, that light is immediate. Other times there's a little bit of a corridor or space between where you were in body and where that light is. But at no point did anyone ever in 13 years ever feel scared angry, lost, 
I only encounter that energy when we work private paranormal cases, which would be earthbound spirits. Right, right. So what's the difference? That's going to be a whole other show to me. Right, whole other show. But uh, what I have noticed is that there is an afterlife, you know? And, and I only know that because your loved ones have shared things that were ironically way too accurate for any average person to know. Well, if it ended and just ended and that was it, there would be no messages from loved ones. Well said. Right? I'm going to use you to market me. I think I'm going to watch that little girl I t- did a TikTok duet with. She was so cute. She's very cute. And she's a very old soul because she started out just getting, yeah. it, getting in it. You know? We need to pick TikToks, our favorite TikToks for the week, and then up, upload them and play them for the okay. show. That's a good one. You know? Because I found some really good ones that are appropriate for the show. <laughs> she, she's great. There's some that are like amazed. I'm amazed. But, you know, with personal experience, <laughs> and I while you were gone, I told them that I was going to share some personal stuff with them about uh, a time where I was in a holding pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not doing well. And uh, should I just go ahead and tell them? Yeah. I mean, just touch on where you were and then one show will go into the whole, you know. Okay. Well, I wasn't doing well and I tried to end my life and uh, I ended up in a, on a cruise ship in a medical uh, facility on the base. What is it? The bottom floor of the ship. I don't know medical. where I was. Um, and in my uh, out of body, I guess, experience that I had near death, whatever you want to call it. Um, I was in a gray area. There was nothing there. And I was all alone. There was no, Loved ones, there were no animals that I've lost. There was no one. There was not this figure that I've pictured God to look like. I know it's just a spirit and there's really not a, you know, but however, he presented it, it, the thing, the man presented himself. There was none of that. It was just gray. And I got to the point, I don't know, I guess my soul as what she told me was in a holding pattern, a decision kind of room. Like you're going to make a decision. Either you're going to go forward with this or you're going to go back and, and try to do things different. And I guess my soul decided to come back. Hello. That's why we're doing the show. But, um, um, the gray area scared me so much that I was like, what have I done in my life? that my mom wasn't there, that my grandmother wasn't there, that my dog wasn't there, that my cat shadow wasn't there. What did I do that I ended up in a gray area of nothing? And, um, you know, it kind of, it, I had a little hard time with that because I didn't know what that meant. Like, am I not going, am I just going to be stuck in purgatory my whole life? Because what, what is it that I need to clear up? What is it that I need to fix? What is it? that I didn't learn, you know? And when I woke up from wherever I was, uh, (laughs) it was just really strange. It was just a whole strange experience. And then we had to stay in the room for five days and got really close and read the five love languages and some of it. That was the only book I packed. 
go figure. Who would have thought? Right. So we read a paragraph to each other every night. Yeah. And, uh, but, but nonetheless, you know, the older you get and the more, uh, near death experiences that you either have or that you experience through other people, uh, you know, they're going to bring you to your own personal relationship with your source fast. And you, Explain to them what you told me about the gray area so we don't leave them hanging. Yeah. So, so I, I, I want you guys to understand through my, and I say this over and over and over because I can only share from my experience of spirit through light work, through uh, intuition, through mediumship. So to me, there is a space that we go into uh, and it's never, ever, ever. Do I see a raging fire or ever, if anything, people would use fire to show me that they had severe heartburn during their in-life process. Oh, boy. So um, with you being in that space and where you were in life, where you were in your faith. Yeah. Uh, you know, just like a really good parent would take everything away from the child and say, sit there, you and I, we got to talk. We got to talk, you know, and then ask it is given. You came back. So when you said, show me, what is it that I need to learn? Here's the thing. We get so mad at whatever energy that is that we feel is in control. And uh, we get really mad at that energy for not giving us the details. We are the details. We are the details. In fact, in so many end life processes, People figure out some of the most important details of life. So an in-life process, and like you didn't have necessarily a process because it happened very quickly. Yes. But spirit saying it's been a process. So an in-life process to me is going to be a process that an individual goes through at the end of their life in this body. And for each individual that in life process is and will be completely different. One of them is hunting completely different. Um, I've seen in life processes be spread out through a whole lifetime. I've seen in life processes um, start with an illness. And then there were lessons in that dis-ease that the individual um, had the option to play with and learn uh, and again, ultimately, when we are in such a state of disconnect, we are always going to be called to our well-being. So I have found that that space that you were in was a great space. Because if there's nothing but you, who are you going to answer to? That's why I feel like we don't go to the other side and we're sitting in a room and have to look through all of our stuff. Well, that you know, that's what they also say, too. Everything you do in life, you're going to answer for it. And there's karma. But you've had a lot of, of readings come through from the other side saying there is no karma. That's another fear tactic, you know, blah, blah, blah. Who knows what the truth is? Um, Christina says, thanks for sharing the story. It's probably hard to talk about. Yeah, it's not, it's not fun. You know, I mean, it's not something I'm proud of and it's, and it was a very touchy part of my life where I really didn't know what the hell was going on, but it sure enlightened me when I came back and I am a 
a whole new human being. Um, She's, yeah, that's exactly what she basically said. The awakening. Yeah, that's what it felt like. And even though it was scary as hell, because I'm like, wait a minute, where's my mom? You know, like, Aww. what did I do to where I can't even get anybody to come find me? Like, it's just like, but, but that, you're on your own, dude. But you know, that's the, to me, when you are left alone, right? If you think, what's the ultimate karma? To be left in a room with just yourself, face yourself. Yeah. And I had never really had to do that because with all the trauma in my, in my childhood, with my mom being sick, with all that. And then I got into the teenage years and tried to numb it with anything I could find to numb like it. most of us. And, you know, then I didn't face myself ever. And I was never really alone. Like I would go from relationship to relationship to relationship. And I always picked the same pe kind of people that would, you know what I mean? Like do me the same way every time. And it's like, God bless. I need to break a pattern here. Something ain't right. You know, like, is it, I guess it's me, you know, the common denominator. You have to start looking at kind of stuff like that. Like, why are these people doing this? And it's something, it's something within your belief system and, and the way you allow people to treat you is the way they're going to continue to treat you. And once you set those boundaries and say, nah, that's it. Um, you know, one time, maybe two times, three times we're, we're, we're good now. I've, I think I've learned my lesson. I'm hard headed. Sometimes it takes me a little longer than most. Um, and we joke and say it's a Rome thing. We do have pretty thick skulls though as Rome. So I'm just, she can attest to that. Um, and we're but, both fire signs. So. Yeah. But it took a long <laughs> time for me and a lot of crap that I had to go through to, to get to that realization. And it's, it's crazy because our kids are 20. Mm-hmm. And they're already like aware of stuff, you know, and it's just, I wish to God that I was aware at 20 and 21 of things that took me, <laughs> like I said, well, it takes me a little hard, a little longer because I got a little thicker skull. I, I think that technically our kids, all of the kids today, I don't know what the cutoff date was, so I'm sorry, but I feel like the, the probably 78, right? The year after I was born. No, but all the, really? the kids... Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, to say that. You're just a little older. So um, all the kids today are tapped and tuned and turned on in a way where there's no apology. They just need to know how to execute some of this stuff. Now, our elders couldn't show us 99% of them. I have come across some pretty amazing elders. Well, you have to remember my, my age group, some of our grandparents, like, well, my grandparents were a little younger than even most grandparents because my parents had me at 16 and 17 years old yeah. so my grandparents were barely in their like 30 for you know not even 40s yet and um most of the people's grandparents i don't even know where the hell i was going with that but they oh they didn't have an education they didn't have even a ninth grade education my nana Roan didn't have a right. ninth grade education you know well, so she could only give you what she had to give and you know, her mom and dad divorced when she was young. So she really didn't have any like stability to kind of show you. So they only could give what they had to give. And, and a lot of times back in the day, there was a lot of, a lot of issues that no one talked about. No one. So how would you deal with it if you never talked about it? Right. Private so, family moments. Yeah, exactly. You know, things that weren't supposed to be happening in your family and they were, but shh, don't talk about it. And so it just got swept under the rug and nobody knew how to communicate. That's and then they they have more kids and then they teach their kids the same stuff and it just keeps trickling down until you have a parent 
Like my mom, who was like, hold up. <laughs> yes. We're going to stop this cycle right here, right now. So ultimately in the big picture, everything evolves you. Mm -hmm. Everything grows you. I am convinced. And I know people are going to go, ah, I'm convinced at some point down the line, all of us will discover that darker energy had a point in our evolutionary process also. Oh, yeah. You know, Esther Hicks calls a contrast, whatever it is, we are quicker, faster, smarter ourselves. So that in life process, each time we go through, it's like going down a water slide. You know, it's like going on. Do you guys remember the Himalaya at the carnivals? Mm -hmm. The one that would go, woo, and they'd go the runway, and then you go backwards, and you put your hands up. Anyway, I'm dating myself, but it's like going on a ride. And I think we get so caught up in the death, the end of life, we forget to live. I was raised to go in the ground. You know, if you've ever been around a traditional Catholic funeral, it's depressing, especially if you're an empath which when I was little, I had no idea. So I'd go to funerals and I'd find a corner and I would just be like, her hands look like wax and I would cry. I had no idea. I was like 9 million years old. So, you know, why is there a man standing by the casket? No one's talking to it was a grandfather. So, um, yeah, it's the Irish thing was kind of tr trippy too. When you'd go to his casket and they would want you to kiss him. I'd be like, no, 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 no. Sorry. Yeah. See ya. No. I mean, I don't even know this man. I know he's my great great grandpa or great grandpa, but I don't know who this man is. I'm not reaching over. It's not happening. You know, and then so it scared me to. I mean, it scared me as a little kid, and then you know, just. But after a while, after you've seen death, after you've seen, you know, I mean, I had a lot of kid, a lot of kids in in my class, like in my high school, pass away. Like we had fourteen friends of ours die in like a three-year period uh, from all kinds of different stuff. So from young on, I was around death. I mean, all the freaking time. And I was always scared my mom was going to die all the freaking time. So it was like death scared the sh out of me all the time. And then when my mom passed away, for some reason, I'm not afraid. Like when I go, I know that there she, there she'll be. Well, I think you, know, you and I, I meeting mean, is so not coincidental. No, there's no way it is. There's no way it is because I'm, I was in a 20 year marriage, almost 20 years. And I thought this is it. This is, this is, this is what's going to end it. And you know, that I'll be with this person until I die and yeah. you know, no big deal, you know, it was, and then I meet her and my whole life literally changed and it's not because of anything that she said or influenced. <laughs> it's because she digs deep. The people that I was with before God bless their souls. They probably tried with me and I just wasn't hearing it. Wasn't having it. Wasn't connecting for some reason. This woman right here, opened me up to see my own self, my inner child and that injured inner child that needed to be um, loved. And I've just come a long way because of, of her love and her guidance, I guess. It really is not that she said, do this, do that, because she hasn't. She's just gently loved me through all of this. Aww. Yeah. Why do you think I'm going to keep you forever? <laughs> 
But that was just so sweet. That's all I've ever wanted to do was I just... I mean, you fight for me. You know, I've never had anybody in my life fight for me. Every person I've ever been with has either screwed me over in some form or fashion, cheated on me, beat on me, you know, did things that were just like, what, what, what did I do to deserve this? You know, seriously. And then I finally find some contentment, you know, and I think, well, I'm good, but I'm not dealing with anything. Like I'm not communicating my feelings. I'm not dealing with anything. It's just living, just waiting for that day. You know what I'm saying? And then I meet her and it was just like some kind of, um, well, I know it was definitely, uh, you know, just had to, it was meant to be, but I just, something clicked inside of me and yeah, we went through a really dark period. That's a whole nother show. Yes. But we went through a really dark period and we made it out on the other side. And she stuck through with me through all that when most people would be like, oh, hell no, I got to run. You got good luck with your shit, OK, because I'm done. This woman didn't do that. She's never backed down from anybody. She's taken up for me. She's I don't know. And, and at my end of, of life, I know that I'm going to be so. Peaceful. At this point, I'm not. Well, no, I don't want. I don't want. I don't want you to cry. I don't I'm want us saying. to have like a public discussion of our plans. Our end life. No, I'm not. This is going to be our in life plan discussion. No, I'm just saying that I'm my in life plan is is I'm pretty cool with where everything is in my life. But the in life process is not always like consciously. You know, I mean, I, I work with a lot of families who have individuals that deal with addiction um, that are at and are going through their end life process. And that process could be months. It could be years. I've seen people have cancer. What's going on? Is she trying to get into Easter cookies? Yes. <laughs> Woman, come here. <laughs> this is to the tiny one, the littlest Ooh, one. We saved her life. She had a respiratory infection when she was tiny, tiny. Like she wasn't even like a month old. And we saved her. Now She's she is free. the most honorary. <laughs> wild crazy nosy crazy um anyway okay yeah sorry we have to stay i i honestly believe we're both add spiritually add everything so um uh what was i gonna say but yes so to me i never was with anybody that went deep enough and i know that sounds really horrible but anybody that was willing to go the distance within themselves why is that important because you will never have true intimacy mm -mm. If you can't move past your own hurdles and blockages. And not to say that we still don't have a few. I mean, oh. my God, we've got like 40 plus years of, of living that wasn't always rosy and peachy keen. So there's a lot of things that we're still working on. Um, you know, I have a lot of one major thing that I really need to come to grips with before. So I don't have to deal with it in the afterlife because I don't want to. I want to finish it and get it cleared up and but not worry even about it. then who says you have to deal with it yeah, you're right you know i think you have to deal with it within yourself right. which is why in each i just want to be clean i just want to have everything clear as possible when i clear well so let's focus on that in life process thing because it to me it's really freaky because you're talking about your own in life stuff and i'm like you know i, I don't want to do that 
Okay. Well, it's just real personal. Like you're setting up shit right here on public television. So I'm like, hey, 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 what's happening here, God? No, I'm just, I'm just being real with people. Yeah, know? but to me, getting all your ducks in a row is not the end life process. It's a process that people go through at the end. Right, it's part of it. Yeah, to me, the end life process is you're told you have cancer, right? And how you deal with, flip, play with, go through, experience that whole adventure is part of the process. And at that point, that's going to be to me, the gray area, the holding zone, because you are alone face to face with yourself, whatever it is you believe in, who it, whatever is your source, you know? And so that's why I think to me, the bigger part of this whole show tonight was don't wait until you have your come to Jesus moment. Don't wait until you're in the gray room. Don't wait to say you're sorry. Don't wait to figure out that a divorce might be needed for you to live in your truth and be happy. You know, not maybe. I think so many of us are so used to dealing. Yeah, and settling. Dealing and settling. And so I liked you. I was not going to back off easily. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I was married nine years and a a great individual, but still, you know, it was hard because there were places I wanted to go and you can't go places when there's someone else that ain't going to go places and that's okay. You want my glasses? Oh, um, yes. You know, let me, let me just tap on this for just a second. You want to read her question though? Just for the podcast, because they won't be able to visually see it. You broke the self-destruct. No, that's not. I can't really. So So Deborah said, yeah, Deborah said, you broke the self-destructing pattern when you met April. Exactly. But honestly, us meeting, we had the option to break the pattern within ourselves. And that really is the only thing that saved us. Mm -hmm. And faith helping us, because that's something neither one of us or either one of us ever did. Um, and then Denise, so Denise is the sweetest thing. And, um, I've watched her go through this with her, her spouse, and she experienced dealing with this, with her husband's cancer and death. And a lot of us understand that in life process, when we're watching another person deal with the end of their life, you know, when you come face to face with your mortality, yeah. Um, when you come face to face with your own mortality, because someone you love is, is dealing with theirs. Oh, I went through it with Kenny. Um, Kenny was my best friend since I was 19 years old and he was a wild and crazy dude. He was (laughs) skinny Kenny. He was, he was my best friend. We did all kinds of adventures together and, um, we had many more planned, but he ended up getting cancer and, uh, I went and took care of him the last month of his life. And, um, It was extremely hard to watch and he was so paranoid about what he didn't take care of and watching him struggle with that. Um, What do I do with my cats? What do I do with this? What do I, how do I handle that? What's going to happen to my mom? Um, But you were watching, not just him getting his ducks in a row. You were watching him freaking out about dying. Do you think he thought he would ever really be this close to dying? No. 
because the man had HIV for years and he got to the point where his T-cell count was so bad that I didn't know if the man would make it or not. He moved to Seattle. Thank the Lord he did. And they treated him a lot more uh, like a human being up there and gave him medications that he needed. And he got a lot better. However, he didn't quite take care of himself too well. And he ended up getting lung cancer. Um, and when you have HIV, lung cancer is a little different. It's a little more harsh and it moves a little faster. Um, but watching him freak out and cry in front of others that he never did before. This is our special anxiety. And uh, watching him think that he would never be remembered and he would be forgotten broke my heart. And I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to be so scared to die because people are going to forget who I was or how I touched their lives or whatever that, that hurt me almost as bad as losing him, watching him freak out like that Yeah, because that just wasn't him. Um, he was very confident dude, even though we called him Miss Hathaway because he looked like Mick Jagger and Miss Hathaway from the Beverly Hillbillies <laughs> had a love child and it would piss him off so bad. Mm. I would never call him Miss Hathaway, but, the others would, so he would be real mad, but, um, you know, he was very confident and, uh, a very cool dude. And when he was crying in front of people, he never cried in front of before. It just, it did something to me. So when we're talking about end of life, I don't want to be, I don't want to freak out like that. I don't want to be scared. I want to be at peace. I want to have most of my things taken care of to where I don't have to feel that unnecessary stress. Yeah. At the end of my life. Of course. Because I wanted him to be peaceful. I wanted him to have a peaceful ending and as much as he could with what he was going through. And um, I, I think, do you need my eyeballs? Yes. Oh yeah. It's hard to watch someone worry and transition, but my mother suddenly found peace with it. And you could tell in her face right in the last few days to a week of the end. I mean, this is such a big topic and I love this because I was raised and I had a fear of dying so much so that in high school, I remember one summer, um, Opal was buried alive, yeah. which was what? You all told my me children. about that. Yeah. All my children, Palmer Cortland's wife, Opal. And I didn't watch it, but it was summer. And I think I was like my in mom sixth watched grade it. and you know, you watch soaps anyway. I just never, I remember panicking like there's a finite there's a final to me and i'm going to be put in a box and then i literally was telling my family to stuff me just stuff me put <laughs> they me, can do that now put they me can in the kitchen you on motorcycles or whatever please they want you to. that way i will always be out and part i claustrophobic but um yeah becoming a medium and not becoming uh realizing who i was uh also a process um i'm not afraid of passing anymore. I'm not afraid of passing anymore, but I don't want people to be afraid either. Mm -mm. And I want people to understand that the in life process doesn't have to be scary or painful, painful or scary. People nope. are coming to terms with their bodies. You know, sometimes when people are transitioning and they're leaving this, this earthly shell that we have, like you said, a, a very, uh, what do you call it? Uh, short shelf life sometimes. Yeah. Um, they do expire. But once we're leaving this body, there there is a sort of peace because I've seen and heard 
my cousin works in a nursing home and um, she said that she's seen a couple of times where the people have, when they're transitioning and they're seeing their loved ones, they're happier than they've ever looked the whole time they've been there. They do like the peace on their face and the happiness in their face to see their mom or their dad or their sister or whoever it was that came for them. She said she's heard them talk to them and, and just be the happy, like a little kid again. Yeah. Um, but yet people can accept that. And they talk about it. It was so sweet. He saw his mom. He called out to his mom. And that's not of the devil. But what a medium does is of the devil. Well, that's just though. what. I've never me. seen anything more spiritual than what you do. And the healing that you bring to people helping them uh, is is cool to watch. It is um, as close to God as I can get without actually dying and being in front of my God. Ditto. It's what brought me closer to my source. It's well, what introduced me. He's to your boss. So I don't know how you could, how he, anybody could say that you work or do anything dark because you're nothing of love of nothing of darkness. It's all love and light and it's all from God. So, or you're, you're you know, the collective uh, consciousness that you talk about, it's, it's from above. It's not anything nasty, dark, any of that. And so I don't worry about what people say about that because I know I have watched it and I have seen it happen with my own two eyes that you have brought so much healing to so many people and how you would even know these things. Well, first, you know, when you go through so much abuse, just like, just like at HHL, what you did at HHL, because God is good. You know, love is patient. Love is kind. No, it's okay. I just watched it. You know, there were people that were coming through those groups. We, you didn't know any of those people. I've never seen any of those people in my entire life either. And you got enough of the location that you would share with them what you had gotten previously, previously. But then it was like their loved ones going, Hey, while you're here, can you tell him that, you yeah. know, I'm sorry. I left him at three years old and, she didn't know this guy. And this guy's like, what are you, what? Three years old. And his dad had passed away before he had turned three years old. And his dad was like, I've always been with you though. You know, you've never really been alone. And, you know, um, and then she got his name at the end of it. You know, I'm not going to say all that, but I'm just saying watching that, that man didn't know his dad. He didn't have a clue. His dad died before he was three. So he lived his whole life without his dad. I can't even imagine living my whole life without my mom. Forget well, about it. And then somebody tell me, oh, your dad's present and this is his name. And you don't even really, I mean, you believe, well, but you don't. But that still is that not enough. It that's still what I do, I feel is firmly for me. And I'm not saying that I don't hold space for others. It is what I do. But I have only been able to overcome my fear of death because of what I have experienced through my face. So I'm grateful for that, but I'm also grateful to be able to help people. I want to read that one because it's a big deal. Okay. I want to be able to. Um, well, we're going over a little bit. But. That's okay. That's okay. We're okay. fine for the second. Okay. Um, I'm grateful for what spirit allows me to do in the light 
I'm very, very, very grateful because it has allowed me to press uh, uh, and push the boundaries of my faith while the boundaries were being pushed. Um, I'm grateful. I never want to have to go back through those moments of, you know, when it's just you and your faith, uh, because those are hard, but I'm grateful. I will say this because we are getting to the end. I wanted to read what Christina put because right here, right here, when you ask, why did I choose you? Or why do I keep choosing this soul cluster? Or because of this, Christina says, my 10 year old nephew was about to die and saw his nanny and papa and said it wasn't time. A year later, he was in hospice and said he wasn't scared to die because he knew they were going to be there. So of course, Christina, I cannot do this without him being here. And it's almost like he's in the middle holding their hands and he's like going to raise, raise them like he's picking a winner. Um, but that right there, it's just so beautiful. You have no idea. I'm, I told him, I'm actually thinking of becoming a death doula. Ugh. And I know I'm an empath and I know that would be horrible. But if I could bring people to the moment where they're going to meet their source, right? Whatever that is. And I'm going to help them transition out of one of the most hardest experiences. I would love to be that bridge. You know, to just be, bring peace and calm. This wasn't supposed to be a real emotional show this evening. Holy no, crow. No. Um, so but you're an empath, so oh. it doesn't really have to start out that way. Right. Oh, I know. Well, you too. Um, all right. So, again, yeah. So, you know, I don't want, again, my fellow Catholics to think I'm slamming the church. No. I'm slamming the way that certain members of the church have chosen to behave on all levels. All right. Um, but yes, hypocritical in any avenue, work, family, self, faith, hypocritical gets you sick. Hypocritical creates dis-ease. Um, and then we have, thank you, Deborah. You were like amazing tonight with all your stuff. Um, Denise says, my husband was bleeding out of his mouth and I was my, and I was myself with him. I never seen someone die and he died holding my hands and I woke up um, and he passed and I was so afraid. All I can say is this and we'll close. Two things. Spirit says this week, resent, surrender resentments. Mm, nice. surrender resentments. That's the message this week, surrender resentments. And then I'm going to close with all of us who have been blessed to be able to be a mom. And it doesn't have to be a mom to something with two legs. It could be a mom to a fur baby or a snake. But when you're a mom, when you give life, when you're giving life to something, it is the most amazing experience, and so is death. When you are there to be with somebody, to transition, I don't believe that when we die, we are dead. So I never talk to dead people, ever. Never, ever, never. I mean, they may act dead like a dog does, boom, you know, but they're, they're far from dead. So much of who we are, of love, the things that bring us together are about love, about light, about soft, about easy, about listening, about loving. You know, you will never, ever, ever experience something more precious than 
giving your loved one back to God? Why are you laughing? Because a little star is chewing on her, your uh, ripped jeans. I know it. Come here. <laughs> so, anywho, thank you, little star, for changing the tempo. Can you say good night? Say, I'm the little, this is the one that looks like Dale. Dale Ugly. Look at her. She's so <laughs> cute. All right. Um, guys, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. Hello, Ward. Um, can I ask you two a question? Actually, we would love that, but we're actually about 15 minutes over time this <laughs> yeah. evening. Um, you could join us next week, Sunday, 7 p.m. Uh, we are going to, um, I sat with a person who gave me my first breath and that beautiful woman gave me her last breath. How blessed am I? Yep. You are very blessed because I missed my mom's last breath. Yes. Yeah. Well, Technically. And then you married a medium. So there you yeah. go. Um, yep. You guys all have a beautiful day. I want to thank you all for being a part of this little podcast tonight. You know, it's just something from our neck of the world, our little corner of the world in East Texas. And it's something that we could do together because I love, I love working with him. Ditto. And, uh, are you up here? What's going on? Another cat. Um, and I love working with you guys. I love it, love it, love it. Uh, it allows me to uh, feel, feel, feel fulfilled. All right. We have some food to eat. We've got some new Amsterdam to watch. Yay. And I want to thank you guys. We will see you at spirituallyrogue.com. And we'll see you next Sunday. Have a great evening. Yes. Life is real. Love is present. You are gold. Thank you for coming to our show, and good night. Woo, doggy! On to the next quest. Get out of here. Spiritually Rogue Podcast. New world. New ways. New life. Sunday nights, 7 p.m. Central. SpirituallyRogue.com. Over now. Now, come on, yeah, because this here's the wildest ride in the wilderness. <laughs>